it's and you know you can't say this in public because people will be like okay go to therapy and i'm like girl i'm in therapy that's how i got here you know like what the fuck literally i have been in therapy over these years that's so true literally that's another thing because i was gonna The idea that the alien abduction phenomenon is actually all about blackness, and even though there are no black people to be found except Barney, it is all about blackness, it is all about objection, it is all about the paradigmatic violence that keeps things going. I am not surprised that <laughs> these dots were not connected, but when you read these testimonials, these people are just afraid of being niggas. Hey there, you're listening to Abolition-ish a black politics and culture podcast at the end of the world hosted by me john john and produced by wiley this is season two episode four space is the place part two taken alien abductions dark afrofuturism i'm joined this episode again by our amazing producer wiley and i'm really excited for what we have in store for y'all if you would like to support the podcast you can become a monthly subscriber at patreon.com forward slash abolition ish. That's patreon.com forward slash abolition I S H. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at abolition ish and Instagram at abolition ish pod. That's P O D as in podcast. And if you have any suggestions, feedback, tips, comments, Feel free to always email us at abolitionishpod at gmail.com. Thinking about where we left off, thinking about the universe, the universe is the planets being benevolent or culpable or complicit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and earlier we had mentioned the sort of space race. And... Um, I guess in brief, I can talk about my fascination with the Barney Hill and Betty Hill story. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I think the story of Betty and Barney Hill is super wacky and cosmic and it is sobering and so earthly um, in so many ways. Mm. So basically... Betty and Barney Hill, uh, they were a black man and a white woman. They were married in the 50s before Loving View, Virginia. Betty was a social worker. Barney was a, mm-hmm. a postal delivery guy, mailman. They were middle class, lived in New Hampshire. Barney had been previously married um, to a black woman, had, had children as well. Actually, kind of scandalous because I guess Barney met Betty while on vacation with his family, and I was like, "If that is not the most fucking nigga shit ever." I'm dead. <laughs> so he meets Betty on vacation with his current wife and children, and basically they're driving home one night, um, and um, they end up being reported um, to have um, basically experienced um, an alien abduction. Um, so. It becomes um, the first uh, major UFO narrative in American history, modern American history. Well, so yeah, American history. Um, it's unique because um, 
these are not your classic like poor working class white rural et cetera et cetera all the markers right. that people generally have of ufo abductees don't really apply to betty and barney hill and of course you know this is not something that um one might imagine these particular people would want themselves to be known for um barney especially you know was a member of the NAACP in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, who was an active sort of proponent of civil rights and all these things. So, you know, to put it bluntly, this was, you know, a black man married to a white woman who wanted to be taken seriously as a person, right? And so, right. you know, um, claiming you were abducted doesn't necessarily fit into the MO. But, but the reason why I'm obsessed with this, um, the reasons... Um, for one, it sort of sets the stage for, for how other narratives are talked about, not only by abductees, right? Like the shape of the disc, what, you know, lost time, all these things. Um, this case is kind of the first that those become popularized. But it's also um, talked about in the sense of, oh, it's proof that um, everyone gets abducted by aliens, not just white people in America. The irony, of course is that after Barney Hill is abducted, that's really it. <laughs> um, you are really hard-pressed to find um, black people in the United States who have ever claimed publicly to be abducted by a UFO, um, mm. especially if you're talking about folks who've gone to press, folks who've published under their real name, all these things. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll add the caveat that it is something I've heard black people talk about um, in the U.S. Um, more casually. Um, yeah. Less so abduction, more so sightings. Um, and, and sightings are definitely more common in general than claiming you are abducted by aliens. Just because people right. see shit all the time and, and, and the sky is full of shit. So that, that would make sense. But yeah, I don't think... I mean. It's hard to find black people talking about UFO abduction, um, even UFO sightings. It's hard to find black people in ufology. Um, so I'm often talking with non-black people who just want to convince me that they're not racist and that they know who Barney Hill is. <laughs> but, you know, Barney Hill is one nigga. And to be quite honest, right. you're talking about a nigga married to a white woman in North Hampshire, truly, truly not right. the barometer of black America. And so... To think of UFO abduction as something that is not being experienced by black Americans. Mm. And, and, and and I should just preface this. I'll keep saying Americans because in, in our modern time, things that represent or things that um, resemble UFO abductions are only being reported and talked about in the United States. So that alone should give us pause for concern. Right. And so the fact that it's only happening here and that black people are entirely absent um is really interesting to me so that is why i'm obsessed with this case um but the case in its own right is really fascinating um you can just go online and like you can go on youtube and search buddy and barney hill and the first thing you'll probably find are these videos and they're not videos they're just it's an image of them and the audio is the actual recording of their hypnosis so um I don't know why it was made public. I don't know when it was. I assume they made it public themselves. Um, and also, you know, um, a lot of 
Betty and Barney Hill content has leaked and come out more since um, Betty Hill died about 10, 5, 10 years ago. So Barney Hill died a few years after this, actually. He died in the 60s. Um, so he died a very young man. Um, I mean, right. that's also why I'm writing about Barney and not Betty, because Betty's had books written about her. She's written books. Right. Um, but Barney died. And he certainly didn't benefit from any of this shit. Um, I mean, so, so yeah, Betty and Barney Hill, so they go to their hypnotherapist. They do regression therapy. They end up remembering very different things is the moral. Um, they're, they're, the, the details that they recount under hypnosis are wildly different. Um, to give you an idea, um, Betty is like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but she's like, yeah, you know, these are my niggas, you know, like they was telling me where they was from, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> you know, like they was speaking English. I can understand them. They showed me mm-hmm. what galaxy they were from on a map. She's really just kicking it. Um, right. Barney is like, yeah, so uh, these niggas brought me on this shit. Well, first of all, I looked at them and all I saw was Nazis. Barney had been in the mm-hmm. Air Force. Air Force or Navy, I forget, but he had been um, in World War Two. And was like, all I saw was redheaded Irishman, right? Um, using his, his phrasing. Um, and then when these niggas took me aboard, I didn't understand shit they were saying. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. Um, they were not communicating with me. I was terrified. Uh, they oh. took samples from me, right? They molested me, right? Um, they had no consideration for the fact that I was afraid. And I actually don't remember where Betty was. I don't remember seeing her at all. So that part of the narrative, that really terrible, terrifying part of the narrative isn't something that people think of when they think of the Betty and Barney Hill story. Mostly because Betty's part of the narrative has come to stand in for the entirety of it. And yes, part of that's because Barney died. But also, like, even if that nigga was still alive, we know how black blackness and narrative work together or don't mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so yeah you know they got a movie they got all these books la 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 but the reason i tell this story um is to sort of introduce my idea my beef with modern ufology or modern ufo abduction phenomenon um is that the absence of black experience um is really just seen as a um uh, an afterthought, a happenstance, you know. My idea is that um, it's not coincidental. And rather than thinking about it as a coincidence, um, if we think about it as fundamental, if we think about it as, you know, maybe there's something about blackness, about being black, that prevents you from being abducted or prevents you from experiencing this phenomenon, Maybe that would tell us something about the Mm. roots of the phenomenon writ large. Um, And I think that, you know, paranormal phenomenon, myth, um, superstition, all these conspiracy theory, all these things, Mm -hmm. I think they, in different ways, become hyper-hospitable to race thinking. Um, And so I wonder, 
if it's not a coincidence that only white people in America are abducted by aliens, <laughs> which it doesn't, doesn't sound like it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what might the whole shit be about? And so to be very brief, something called modern ufology, basically people writing histories and theories of, of what is, what people are experiencing, why they're experiencing it. You got the OG white guy named John Mack, who actually really fuck with mm-hmm. a lot because basically his whole thing, I, I fucking forget the quote, but basically he's like, alien abduction is happening on an ontological field that we can't see. Mm. And he's like, all my clients, because he was a psychotherapist at Harvard. He's actually, I think, like the dean of Harvard met at some point. Um. He was like, yeah, all my clients are experiencing something that they're terrified to think is a possibility. Like, it's not, it's not, it's different than like you have a trauma that you want to either integrate into your psyche so that you can survive it. Or you need to just keep it repressed, right? He's like, my clients are experiencing a kind of being that really makes it hard for them to just go be a human again. All the way from, you know, folks becoming really like into cosmology and spirituality and and to a point that they're not able to go to work anymore, right? Because they're, they're so obsessed with figuring out where this ship came from. Or they are ostracized from their all their kin, all their friends and family. Um, or they are physically afraid to leave their home because they fear that they could be abducted again. And oh. so, obviously, I'm reading this book by John Mack. And I'm like, you know, this ontology that you are describing... <laughs> Sounds like being black in the world. Um, it just sounds like being black. And because none of John Mack's patients were black, because they were all white people, I am not surprised that <laughs> these dots were not connected. But when you read these testimonials, like when you read these anonymized you know, psychotherapy reports, these people are just afraid of being niggas. They're terrified of being niggas They've experienced something that has made them feel like a nigger and they're terrified that it can happen again and to live with the fear that at any moment you can become something that can be taken, that you can, that you can become not just someone, but something that can be, you know, levitated out of your front door or someone can take you out of your house and put you back there and, and you don't know what happened. Uh, I mean, right. you know, like even the whole idea of having lost time, right? Like niggas in prison lose years. <laughs> niggas in prison lose years and y'all are sweating about the fact that you, you, you don't know what you, you don't know where you were for the past three hours. Right. And so I guess in brief, um, my thing is like, I don't know what the antecedents are. I don't even um, I don't even know to what degree I'm interested in arguing about whether or not the experiences are real. 
right? Because, I mean, I believe in aliens. I believe, I mean, the universe is fucking huge. Humans are fucking mm-hmm. stupid. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense for there not to be life outside of our planet. That said, um, mm. you know, to, to, to sort of harken back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of planetary benevolence and, you know, the universe conspiring against black people and things like that. The idea that the alien abduction phenomenon, which is something I'm going to argue in this paper I'm writing, the idea that the alien abduction phenomenon is actually all about blackness. And even though there are no black people to be found except Barney, it is all about blackness. It is all about objection. It is all about the paradigmatic violence that keeps things going. Um, what was I going to say? Mm. I mean, already what you said is just so interesting to me. Yeah, please, please I'm respond. Just my mind, like going, going. <laughs> yes, please. That will help me. <laughs> Got you. Because like, I'm thinking about how it's not just the abduction, right, that is making these non-black people feel like a nigger. It's that there's like this experience of being captured without consequence, right? So in some way, like the environment, state structures and systems, they have no way to respond to this, right? Like the the violence done to you is not legible to the rest of the world. And that is so interesting because like it also goes back toward, I guess, like reaffirming the relationship between blackness and capture, blackness and illegible suffering like you know um yeah so that's just what i've been thinking about off that um no that's yeah. that is that is that is spot on yeah right like it's not just that you were wronged but you were harmed you were violated in a way that you never expected you were violated in a mm-hmm. way that and here's the tea if I was a white person and I was abducted by aliens, I totally think I would lose my mind because how you are supposed to, if what, if what keeps you coherent as a person, as a subject, is the fact that you're not viable in that way that black people are. Mm-hmm. And then something happens that makes you think maybe you could be. Who are you? How could mm. you how could you go to sleep at night? I mean, and the here's <laughs> because we're black, I feel <laughs> this is going to sound really childish, but dead ass, because we've been black our whole lives before we read Afro pessimism, before we read du- before right. we before whatever the fuck. We've been black our whole lives. Whether or not we consciously unconsciously understand it, we have reckoned with what it means to be vulnerable and viable in ways that other people mm-hmm. that that keeps other people safe even if we don't right. believe it right even if you're a black humanist who believes in civil rights whatever you have still been <laughs> you've still been acculturated and socialized in a world where your viability is fact and your inability right. to do anything your your inability to do anything about it is fact doesn't matter how you feel about it you might feel that you can one day do something but you know you can't now right like that is or you're lying and so 
that's it, right? Like, I don't know how I would go to work the next day <laughs> if I had never, right. never experienced that, you know, especially as an adult to go your whole right. waking life knowing that you are not viable in that way. And then to have no recourse, to be ostracized for recounting your experience. Because cause here, that's the other thing, right? Mm. Who is your ally? So you're a white person, you have an abduction experience. Who in the world would benefit from a white American saying, hey, I was violated last night. I was taken out of my house. Mm. Something that's not the American government had complete and total control over my life nobody fucking benefits from that nobody fucking benefits from that why would why would joe biden want white people walking around thinking that there is something more omnipotent and powerful than the place that they pay taxes to likewise Mm. you know why would why would um I mean, shit, why would I as a black person even want that low key? Like, I mean, it, it just seems narratively um, not uh, impotent, right? Like it doesn't do anything. And mm. I think that's what, you know, that, that like feeling of the feeling that you're suffering is all for nothing, right? I think it drives people mm-hmm. nuts, especially if mm. that is not what you're used to, right? Like if as a white person, you right. believe that you suffer for the benefit of others, you suffer for your future well-being, you believe that your suffering is rightfully, you believe that your suffering has a resolution, mm-hmm. then to experience something that throws that into chaos. Um, right. I mean, it really must be a trip. Not to empathize, like, uh, you know, part of me is like, aha, hey, welcome to the club, nigga. Get aboard, bitch. But, you know, like, welcome to the fucking hold, my nigga. It fucking sucks, doesn't it? Sit the fuck down and buckle up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and so so, so to, to bring us back to what we're talking about in terms of space and the planets and shit, like, um, So, you know, Barney's talking about his captors, and he describes them that way, as, you know, like Irish and Nazis. And obviously, you know, this is someone who fought in World War II. Um, those are his sort of mm. references and whatnot. Um, right. I imagine if it, you know, if the Barney Who abduction happened today, I don't know who I would say the alien looked like. Timothy Chalamet, Joe Biden, the fuck? Please. I don't know. <laughs> um, what's the Asian girl? Aquafina. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. Just you know, the most frightening people um, would be a boy, <laughs> and um, I, I'd, be, I'd be like, "Look, I don't know what the fuck Aquafina was saying, but right, she, she, who does know?" Okay, anyway. look, I don't know what it, I don't know what that thing was. It didn't look like a nigga, but it sounded like one, and I'm confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> like so, you know, we get we get why Barney describes him the way he does. Sure, okay. Um, but so like, I'm really fascinated by, so there's a moment in the transcript in the hypnosis transcript where maybe this is the poet in me, but Barney is looking. So Barney's 
recounting his experience. He's recounting that night when they were driving back. And he's like, I see a bunny. I see a, I see a bunny behind a bush. And the, the mm. doctor's like, okay, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel like the bunny. He's like, he's so basically he's like, he's like, I'm thinking about when I would go hunting with my friends and we'd be hunting for bunnies. We'd be hunting for rabbits, right? And a bunny is hiding behind a bush. The bunny doesn't understand that you can see him either because you're above him. So you can like see a line of sight that he can't or because you're a fucking human and you have a human brain and he's a bunny and he's actually not hiding. He's just sitting there and you can see him. Right. But he thinks he's hiding. And Barney's like, the bunny The bunny thinks he's safe, but he's so not safe because we're about to shoot him. <laughs> but he's just sitting right. there happy as he can because he thinks he is. And he's like, that's what I thought about. He's like, I'm the bunny. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> to... So, yeah, like, I guess it would make sense for me. Like, if I, so I'm a black person. If I saw a UFO, I'm sure that one of the first things that I would think about is like a cop, right? Or like a fucking slave ship. I don't know. Like, I, whatever referential pool of images and words that I associate with capture, I'm thinking about, right? Okay, sure. But when Barney, like, talks about being the bunny like it's weird because he in this metaphor he is the villain right like the 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 first metaphor he goes to is like there's like this weird inversion and part of me thinks that's because you know like i mean maybe he turns to that image of the bunny because that's the only time he's ever felt like he actually had, you know, like power, power, you know what I mean? Like, um, in, in that fatal, you know, in that fatal sense of, 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 right. you know, cause, cause that's the gag, right? White people walk around everywhere feeling like the hunter and knowing mm-hmm. they're the hunter, right? right? Never having to consider the possibility that, that the bunny you know, and that's why, you know, I always laugh, you know, in undergrad, white kids would like leave their laptops at a Starbucks and go take a shit or like, you know, they, they leave their jacket, you know, like their $3,000 Canada goose on like a couch at a frat party. And then when these things get stolen, they're like, oh my God, it's like, girl, what did, but it's, you know, it's like, it's a thing where you've never considered the possibility that someone has it out for you and you're not in control, even, even with little like material shit like that. And so, so I'm just really fascinated by Barney, um, just just because like he's this kind of like for me this kind of like um, locus of all these really interesting questions around like black subjectivity, uh, how 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 we as black people think about ourselves, um, our relationship obviously to capture on Earth, but also beyond, um, and you know. I don't, I feel like the way that the Barney Hill story leaves me feeling is very much the way that theory leaves me feeling and that I am not relieved, 
but I am, mm. you know, whatever that word is that we're hovering around. Right. I do feel that because um, I think like there's one way to tell this story where it's like, I want the universe to be anti-black, right? Like, okay, so I'm an Afro-pessimist. So that means that I need the planets <laughs> to hate niggas. Right. And that's fine. Like if, right. if that's what folks fear, I don't, I, I'm not balking at that. And I understand what I want to try mm-hmm. to do, which I think that you did really well with astrology is to say, I'm not pulling this out of my ass, <laughs> right? Mm. Like, I'm not pulling it out of my ass when I say that as a paradigm, anti-blackness might exceed this planet, right? Mm. And, and, and I don't mean that in the sense necessarily that aliens hate niggas. I mean it, <laughs> they might. Um, right. <laughs> but I more so mean it in the sense that there's no evidence, <laughs> there's no reason for me to think that anti-blackness dies here. Mm. Right? Like we, we have billionaires whose wealth has come at the expense of continents and they're racing to Mars and they will get there and they will breathe there. Right. And so, and, and it's, you know, and it's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not posing this as a kind of, um, kind of, yeah, maybe. I think one of the reasons why I, fu- you know, sort of, I like thinking about anti-blackness as something that exceeds Earth is because we are exceeding Earth. Like, and not just in the sense that um, if humans exist in 500 years, they'll probably be elsewhere. Um, mm. But in the sense that, like, right now, human like people on earth are desiring expansion and colonization and travel in ways that are actually impacting the day-to-day life of people right now right so it's like okay sure people won't live on mars for another century got you but (laughs) but elon musk (laughs) but jeff you know what i mean like but 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 these right. desires are actually animating entire economies. Right. You know, Absolutely. like entire entire states, entire nations are at the economic mm-hmm. whim of people who mm-hmm. want to leave Earth. Mm-hmm. Just because. And so yeah. Um I mean I also so so for that reason I fuck with it and also um to harken back to what you were saying about escapism and Afrofuturism and the like, like I like it because I don't, I, I love aliens. I love, I, you know, I love, I had a little telescope when I was a kid. Like I'm not trying to seed. I'm not trying to seed the planetary to humanness, (laughs) you know, like no, 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 no. Not even because I, again, not because I think the planetary is a bomb. Not because I think niggas are going to get mm-hmm. its Pluto and finally be free, but because yeah. I don't, but because, but just because like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad enough that like deference to humanism has and continues to warp our imaginations and punish us for imagining otherwise. I'll be damned mm. if like, you know, 
and it, maybe it sounds counterintuitive, right? Like, well, John, John, what do you mean? Like, how does thinking about anti-blackness beyond earth better position us to think about freedom? And it's like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good question, right? right? Um, and, you know, I mean, that question is the same as how does how does thinking about anti-blackness as an earthly paradigm better position us? It only better positions right. you, de- it, you know, it, it doesn't, depending on what you want. If you want to be a human, it doesn't. Right. Right. It doesn't fucking help you at all. Exactly. And I would suggest yeah. you stop because <laughs> you won't you won't be happy. Right. But if right. you don't feel satisfied or uh, fulfilled mm-hmm. with those desires, then, you know, I feel like, yeah, like, you know, what what an Afro pessimist, you know, reading of the stars looks like. I mean, that holding of paradigmatic violence and a I was gonna say like a prehistory you know like a like a um like a oh well and you know maybe maybe that's one reason why a black person would turn to astrology right is to say hey this is a way of knowing oneself that existed before chattel slavery right. that existed before anti-black I wouldn't quite say that only because like I feel like the definition of paradigmatic violence is violence that completely, completely blows up the timeline. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it like, um, like yes, the universe is super fucking old, yeah, but that doesn't really make me feel good. <laughs> like right. we're being honest. Like I'm not a creationist. I think the universe and Earth are old as fuck. That doesn't necessarily, right? So, like, when I was talking earlier about, like, that image, like, that panned out image where, like, you start at a building and then you get to, like, huge galaxies and universes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make me, that doesn't provide relief for me, but it does make me feel that other yeah. thing, you know? Um, and so mm-hmm. and so maybe it's not, like, a, a pre, maybe it doesn't really, thinking about the planetary, I think, like, it's not that it, I don't take comfort in the fact that, oh, these planets existed before black people were turned into things. Right. That in and of itself means nothing to me. Um, mm-hmm. What is interesting to me is to think, <laughs> so now what? So, 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 so black people are turned into things mm. and the planets are still there. Mm-hmm. Now, what they doing, I don't know. Are they observing? <laughs> Are they are they participating? Are they resisting? I mean, that's you know, I think that is. I like that place. I like that direction um, more so than I do. Like, oh well, you know, like, um, you know, like America's only X amount of years old. It's like that actually isn't providing the relief you think it is. <laughs> If anything, it's terrifying to think that in 500 years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So much can shift. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But I'll I'll, I'll shut up and let you respond. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm just thinking about, like, again, I feel like you always say things and it leaves me with so much to say. And then I see you get excited about it and also so much to say. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to what you reply to this, but like, yeah, there are a couple times in this 
conversation where we keep mentioning, you know, not relief, but this other thing. And so in thinking about like, oh, how could um, grappling constantly with anti-blackness and seeing it as something that exceeds this world, um, how does that set us up to like, I don't know, reach or achieve or envision, imagine Mm -hmm. freedom. But now I'm thinking also that perhaps freedom is like this catch-all term, right? And so perhaps, in fact, what we're looking for, if it's not the freedom that the humans have, right, that we're looking for not freedom, but that other thing, you know? Yeah. Um, that, like, we don't even have the language for um, because of where we currently stand and where we're left to, like, currently think through this liberatory idea, you know? Um, but, wow, I'm about to, like, jump all over the place because I'm thinking so many things. No, yeah, please um, do. Yeah, I guess, like, I've also been thinking about, you know, just, like, your study of the Barney Hill story. Um, and what an interesting narrative it must be of, like, engaging, like, recapture, you know, captured once into or unto blackness, mm-hmm. and then again mm-hmm. um, in, yeah. like, alien abduction, um, and what that brings. And that also made me think about, like, you know, the humanist response to your observation of like, oh, black people don't get to exist in abduction narratives. The humanist response would be like, oh, we need to unearth these stories and like diversify, right, the narrative. Exactly. You know, black abductees matter too type thing, right? (laughs) Yep. Um, Which like then does not allow for the rich, analysis of like oh black people are actually not showing up here because they've already been regarded as captives so like this other form of abduction is like solely for the non-black you know um and so i'm curious how like that like how to use the basis you already have um for like troubling potential like humanist, I guess, like, pushback. Like, okay, they unearth all these, like, black abduction narratives. How then do you, like, consider those within a conversation about, like, um, abduction as a means for, um, I guess, ushering one into another form of ontology, right? Um, so I guess it is even just going back to Bonnie Hill, you know, like how do you then engage with these stories of like recapture? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm no. thinking about that too. That is a really great question. Um, right. Because particularly because, um, Barney Hill's, you're right. Barney Hill's, you know, Barney Hill's story is a story of recapture. And interestingly enough, it is the genesis of UFO abduction narratives. Again, I don't think that's a coincidence, right? It's so bizarre that 
And and so part of part of the reason why that story becomes popular in America is because they are interracial. Mm-hmm. So that is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that is definitely something like worthy of consideration. But even then, mm-hmm. right? Even then, like to th- you know, like oh well, the reason this story blew up is because they were interracial, whatever. The the real story that blows up is Betty's, mm-hmm. because. One, because the consequence of Barney being synonymous with this narrative of capture. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I don't think the story of a black person being captured is remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's not remarkable, right. right? It wasn't remarkable in the 50s. It's not remarkable now, right? Black people mm-hmm. go missing every day around the world. And it is not remarkable. People are kid, black people, black children are kidnapped, black girls especially are disappeared around the world every day. And it's not deemed remarkable. Um, and certainly I think part of that is who black people even care to miss, who black people even care is gone, who black people value as worthy of finding or as worthy of even denoting as fucking missing, right? But under that, right, I, I don't think that we can ignore the fact that, um, yeah, t- to be black and captured is kind of um, redundant. It's redundant, right? And I, I don't think it makes for interesting stories. I don't think it makes for interesting entertainment. I don't think it mm-hmm. makes for interesting. Um, it certainly doesn't make for interesting fodder for humanists, right? Um. Mm-hmm. That is why, you know, the most radical black humanist still believes in prisons, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't actually have a problem with black. Their problem is not that to be black means you can be disappeared. Their problem mm-hmm. is that they are black and so they can be disappeared. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are different mm-hmm. things, you know what I mean? And like, and and I won't even say black humanists, right? Like the fact that black people exist and languish and die in prisons right now speaks to an imaginative failure of every black person living, right? Um, mm. And so, yeah, I think you're so right about that recapture thing. Like what I would say to folks, right? So like I did the whole try to find niggas in the archive thing. Like I mm. talked to folks at MUFON, which is like here in, well, it's actually... It's a global network, but it's biggest in the U.S. It's the Mutual UFO Network. It's the oldest UFO organization. They document. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you were to be abducted tomorrow or you to see something and that you thought was a UFO, MUFON is the organization. If you went online and you tried to submit a report, MUFON is where you would send that to. And mm-hmm. I talked to some folks there and I was like, yo. So interestingly enough, right, I'm, I'm thinking about what you were saying about astrology and industry um, and like like the the institutionalization of this shit so ufology is definitely institutionalized um there are conferences that people go to there are memberships um there are internet forums all these things um it's also interesting to note that these organizations like mufon most of their leadership comes Mm -hmm. from the American tech and aeronautics industry. 
I imagine because if you're 50 years old and you're a white man and you make $5 million a year and you retire, it sounds like something fun to do. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're interested in space and the cosmos and whatnot. Um, so that's a that's something to know about this quote-unquote community is that it is certainly overrepresented by um, white Americans who actually professionally were attuned to space. But again, they were attuned to space as their job. <laughs> so so they were making right. missiles or they were making you know they were making ballistic weapons, they were making satellites that provide data. They were you know, these aren't your you know, these most of these people are not your like NASA, SETI, I want to go find little green men. These are people who sp- mm-hmm. made their wealth exploiting space and exploiting right you know what i mean um exploiting yeah the vastness of space and 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 and, and how much data you can collect on people from up there how quickly you can send weapons to people up there (laughs) like you know space is a lucrative ass fucking highway um Mm -hmm. and so 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 there's that but um yeah I i would ask these people you know like i'd be like yo like um show me narratives i'm i show me black narratives and right. you know they're like well have you heard of barney hill <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like girl not barney hill mm-hmm. but um right mufon for example um and you know think about the institution it's interesting mufon actually doesn't collect demographic data they don't have racial data for any of the thousands of people that have been reported as abductees or ciders. And when I asked mm. them why, they're just like, why would we, why would we collect that? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Why would you collect that? I have to, I have to say that I'm black to rent a car. <laughs> right. You don't think that it's so, so, so that's, so, you know, I mean, just to, to, to give more credence to the, the, the the brand of humanism that um, ufology is about, right? Like these people aren't even considering it as something that you would mention. Like I dead ass asked, and he was like, "Well, you know." So I was like, "So if you don't, if you've never collected demographic data, how can you tell me that this is happening to people everywhere? Why would?" And he was like, "Well, because some of the names are definitely not white Americans." And I was okay. like, "You are out of your fucking mind." <laughs> So, you know, for all we know, for all we know, you know, niggas named Jabari are reporting being abducted. And unless Joe thinks that Jabari is a black name, that nigga's story is never being told. So, so you know, I mean, it's it's not even an afterthought. It's, it's actually like structurally prohibited from consideration, which I think speaks to the fact that this is something that's only happening to white people. Um... Because because there's utter, there's utterly no need for them to collect that data from their perspective. Um, but oh yeah, the question of <laughs> you know like go find them. Um, and so you know even after looking for them and not finding them, even if they were to appear, right? What I would be interested in is well, yeah trying to figure out where they were like and 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 again i think it goes back to the thing about black abduction and capture being unremarkable i imagine right that if 
honestly, the only place I've ever seen, and I feel like I'm on the internet all the time, the only place I've ever seen black people talk abduction about abduction, like people talking mm-hmm. about their own experiences, was a clubhouse room like a few months ago. And I was so mm. mad because someone invited me to it, like as it was ending. Um, and when, cl- like, when those rooms end, like, there's no way for you to like go back and see who was in it and talk to people. Um, right. But so I, so I imagine that the people do exist, right? Like, I do, absolutely, I do imagine that black people are out there having experiences akin to alien abductions. And again, because I think that extraterrestrials are real, you know, unless. They racist. I imagine they would be scooping us up. If anything, shit, you need to scoop me up. Because if you're trying to get the tea on what these niggas doing down here, <laughs> you're only going to get an honest answer from me. Shit, these niggas will lie to your oh face, sir. Um, like, we can we can, we can, can make a deal. Shit, what you got? Um, right. <laughs> like, so, you know. If, real space traders right You know, now. hey, I'm ready to fucking make a deal. Like, like dead ass. Like, oh, I feel like when, when people hear me talk about this, um, they... Like something I try to reiterate is like, you know, dead ass. If a ship popped up tomorrow, I would be on board that bitch. I would beg to be on board. Part of it is just like the Leo in me that like needs to put on a show, like you said, and like needs to like let these niggas know what's tea. But also because um, I I do think that vastness is real. I I do think that. um, So 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 for me, it's not a question of is you know. Like the one question I really do not ask in my writing is: Is the extra like are are extraterrestrials real? Um, mm. And you know, I think to varying degrees that question matters. Um, but the phenomenology of it, like how people experience the question, is what mm. I'm interested in, right? And I think that right. if you were to talk to black people mm. about how they experience the question of mm-hmm. Is there something out there that can come get you and take you? Mm. It would be an unremarkable narrative, which isn't to say it would be uninteresting, right? I, look, if I get if I get abducted, I'm writing my book. Like you niggas will know what happened, <laughs> right? But but you know, if 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 niggas didn't read my book, I would totally understand <laughs> because mm-hmm. I I I feel like I would have to be really juicing every detail for for my book to be any different than like a memoir written by any nigga in prison ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, not even in prison, TBH. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I you know I think that something I've definitely like gotten better at is is especially as I've been writing this paper is being like, yo. Those black narratives are not something to fear, like, you know, especially as an academic in training, quote unquote, right? It's, you know, mm. people teach you to avoid uh, anything that would throw a wrench into your argument, you know? Mm. And so I've had to realize, oh, no, I'm, I'm not afraid of these narratives. In fact, I do think they exist. What my project is, is trying to, to understand why they're not here, right. you know? Because that will tell us Absolutely. not not only tell us something about them, those black abductees. Mm. It will not only tell us something mm. about abduction more broadly, um, but maybe it'll also help us contextualize something that I think for a lot of people feels 
and you know thinking about those niggas at MUFON feels very um, so far away from any consideration of race. Whereas I'm like, no, actually, this is you have to start here. Otherwise, this won't right. this won't make sense to you. You know, like I mean. I'm like, look, I didn't even talk about ontology. That was that nigga John Mack. Like, a white man yeah. at Harvard told you that what was going on wasn't something that modern psychiatry could account for. And it wasn't mm-hmm. something that patient even wanted to, <laughs> to account for. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that is so interesting because, like, you know, as you're talking about, oh, um, I definitely think these black narratives exist. Um, you know, I'm sitting here saying like 100%, but I'm also realizing, um, and this goes back to, I can't remember if this is something you said at the beginning or if it's something you've spoken about in like, you know, conversations leading up to this conversation, but like black life, whether it be through like, various um like african traditional religions or even just the way those things seep into black like religiosities etc etc it is so like tied up with the spiritual you know like there is always a consideration of like there are things we cannot see there are realms operating beyond the physical and the tangible um, and so, like, I'm just thinking about how, as you're saying, this institution exists where one reports um, an abduction. But I'm just thinking about how, like, if a number of the people that I was sitting next to in a particular Sunday service were to report their experiences in church that Sunday, MUFON might have interest <laughs> in the narrative. You know, (laughs) if they if they saw outside of the very set ideas of like how an engagement with like beyond the earthly happens, you know, and exists. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Like just how much like even the consideration of what is an a quote unquote alien abduction, what is a quote unquote alien even. Um, yeah. is so organized mm-hmm. and because perhaps as well black life is so wrapped up with the otherworldly um, in that sense it's also not seen as remarkable you know for black people to be talking about out of body experiences mm-hmm. and traveling to places they don't know where people mm-hmm. are speaking in tongues that are unfamiliar you know um, and so I'm also thinking about the the white life as one that is like completely constructed with this like earthly sense of being and then gets so disrupted by any engagement um, beyond it that that becomes phenomenon and remarkable. Um, So that's like also something that's stirring in my mind. And then I'm finding it like, it's really funny when you like mention this idea of like, damn, are aliens like racist? Like, I'm not going to sit here and assume that aliens are racist. Like, I'm saying all that. One, because I began to think of space traders. And two, because that is all connecting back to um, what I was going to mention earlier when I said, like, I have a, a whole bunch of thoughts bouncing in my mind. I'll come back to this. Um, but this idea of like the planet being uh, a composite anti blackness 
culpable. Does this mean the planets are anti-black themselves, right? Um, and like what I was thinking back then is like, I think that the planets exist well, 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 well beyond the paradigms of this world, but because they are operating on beings and bodies that exist in this world, there are set rules, you know, there are set rules um, that they might organize themselves to obey. And even thinking astrologically about why that would make sense to me, I'm thinking about, for example, the fact that I'm a Gemini moon, right, which I mentioned earlier. So moon rules cancer, sure, but my moon is in the domain of Gemini. And so whatever rules, like however this moon wants to go about its like expression of that Cancerian energy that it naturally rules, it has to be sanctioned by the ruler of my moon, which is actually Mercury, because Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And whatever Mercury is up to, right? Um, and so the ruler of the domain setting, I guess, like the terms for how um, whatever's coming beyond the domain um, is engaged with. And so thinking about, like, you know, myself as having a birth chart that was captured through my existence in this paradigm and then going to Mars, I mean, beyond, like, what seems to me like a very um, common sense idea that, like, okay, anti-blackness is going to travel with me because all I've known my whole life is anti-blackness, and so it will be produced in speech, in the way I navigate Mars, the way the structures themselves exist because they'll be set up by beings that also, um, you know, have known nothing but anti-blackness. Um, beyond even that common sense logic, thinking with that like astrological analogy, it's like no matter where I situate myself personally, like I'm still beholden to the rules of where I came from, right? The ruler of my original domain. And the ruler of this domain is most certainly anti-blackness, you know? And so I think about aliens again and whether they're racist. Um, and think about, you know, this idea of, like, aliens not just arriving on Earth to, like, have a look-see, but have been studying this world for millennia, and now I'm kind of even involving space traders in this conversation. The first time I watched space traders, and I'll explain what it is in a moment for listeners who happen to have not watched it, but the first time I watched space traders, it always struck me that, like, they knew who would be, like, what population of people um, the world would be readily available yeah, to offer up exactly. for the benefit of others, right? Like, these are aliens that have <laughs> studied and understood the rules and the paradigms um, of this world. And so it matters very little whether the alien themselves, themselves, like, have a vested interest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in like anti-blackness on their own planet when they're dealing with the world, right? When they're dealing with the Earth, these are the paradigms that exist here. So if they want to get what they want to get, they're going to have to operate within um, those terms, 
you know? Um, so yeah, I guess that's just what I'm, I'm thinking about. And yeah, to, um, speak more about like what this trade is, like how that narrative goes. Spoiler alert to anybody who has not watched that episode of Cosmic Flop. But it's basically this narrative, um, it's a short film based on the short story by, oh, I can't remember his name. I'm like trying to look back at my notes so that I can get Derek Bell. his name. Yes, exactly. Um, and so what happens in the film is like these aliens arrive on Earth. Of course, the first people they contact is like the U.S. government. Um, like you were saying about alien abduction, like there's no other form of communication mm-hmm. happening anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so interestingly, they, I, I'm going to let you finish, but also interesting, it, it just reminds me that I feel like I mentioned this to someone the other day. Um, we, we see this kind of American dominance. Like, uh, it's not just that America thinks of itself. Mm. Yes, yes, this is what okay. So in, in sci-fi movies, right, at the end of the world, when mm-hmm. some human beings have escaped, it's always like the American president who's like presiding over like this new this right. new order, right? And and, and, and to, to, to what you were saying about Dominion, it's not mm. it's not just that America thinks of itself as the right. world. It is that the world mm-hmm. it is it is that that is what America is. <laughs> Like, right, the hegemonic. Yeah, like, right. And so it's like, yeah, like right. that 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 hegemony is not going to suddenly, because that's the gag, mm-hmm. right? Like people think about space and they think about scale and oh my god, light years and the okay. But once you're here, you're here, and so right. for that hegemony to not be something that you have to navigate or that you would see to, or or at, at the very mm-hmm. least be fucking aware of, that's bullshit. Like, right. like hey, yeah, exactly. I think I like I think that. If niggas are visiting here, they've been visiting for a while. Shit, they might be us from the future, IDK. But them niggas aren't just <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> right. They're invested in studying something that that they know they know what the fuck is up. So only right, to, only exactly. to preface the space trader story with that. Like like to think that extraterrestrial life would not know what the fuck is up with this world. Makes no right. sense. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> right, because it's like, right. No, but that's so important because, okay, so, like, I'm like, ah, I want to talk about this, but now I need to go back and do plot. So basically, 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 the aliens, they arrive, they contact the U.S. government, they're like, listen, um, this is like late 90s uh, in the story, and the world is like, you know, dying. <laughs> like, um, there are all these climate catastrophes. I can't remember. They mentioned like a whole just bunch of like apocalyptic type happenings at the beginning. And so the aliens are like, listen, if you want to suddenly, you know, like heal your earth, take care of your poor, like, you know, have access to like um, these advanced military technologies, basically solve all your really, really pressing issues, all you need to do is um, cough up your black people. And very interestingly enough, they don't just say, like, you know, hand over your black people. They're like, um, hand over any person with, like, I think it's, like, 2,500 milligrams of melanin for 
squirts and meet in the skin. Period. And then later, the light brights early, have got to go. <laughs> exactly. But they're, they're like, yeah, um, it's this amount of melanin equates to like the shade of a paper bag. So that's mm-hmm. also very interesting. And there's like that underlying, um, phenotypical rape conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, which would be interesting to have. But, uh, it's like, if clearly these aliens are seeing a value in black people, right? But going back to what you're saying about like, and also kind of what I was saying earlier about aliens in this story and as we discuss them generally, as having like a very intimate knowledge of the earth, having been studying it from far um, for millennia maybe, right? Um, and coming here and approaching the United States for their black people. If, if it was just about sheer numbers, right, surely exactly. they would have like cut a deal with Nigeria. <laughs> You know, uh, if they wanted the most black people possible. So it's like, okay, so what are they after here? Um, by approaching the United States, going to like the core of like modern empire. Um, and once again, like identifying and isolating black people, but also like of a very particular like color and complexion and darker as being readily available to be taken within like a five day span, like a five days notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is so interesting to me. Um, yeah. And I think it's again, going back to all that we said about like black capture being unremarkable, right? Like even as they were talking through the pros and cons of this, um, deal there was never a point at which anybody was like oh it would be a moral conundrum you know like oh we love you know our neighbors and would be sad to see them go (laughs) you know it was all conversation about like damn we need to consider what impact this will have on like the hard liquor industry and like the army we're going to lose you know our our tr- like this percentage of our troops, but oh wait, we get that nuclear warfare, so that kind of balances out. And so it's like black people were considered only on the basis of like their value as consumers or their labor, you know, or even discussing the impact that this event would have on the psychological health of white folks who would feel guilty for having like been left behind. So. <laughs> Even that is just so intriguing to me. Um, you know, all the conversations that Space Traders is having and all and how those conversations are in greater conversation with everything that we've been discussing so far. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's making me think about so much. Um, part of it, part of part of me thinks like, like thinking about why they go to America, right? Like it's <laughs> like you said, like it. Yeah, to take some niggas who won't be missed. Mm. Um, but really, niggas who can't be missed. <laughs> mm. Um, like um, 
this is a tangent, but I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Tyrone Palmer, um, who is at Columbia right now, um, and he thinks a lot about blackness and affect and its incommensurability. And he and he's written a lot about how you know like the ways that black people feel are not. It's not just that they're not intelligible um, mm-hmm. to non-black people, but that they are not intelligible. Period. Right. So that like. Mm-hmm black you know black pain right it's not just that doctors prescribe black patients less pain medication it's also that black people think that black people do not feel as much pain as other people right that is what i would be looking for if i was the aliens um not just because like you know thinking about like being able to control a population but like Mm. um to disappear people who are ready to be disappeared yeah already and it's within their fate it's yeah yeah, exactly and there's you don't have to worry about grievances being made in the future right you don't got to worry about the united states five thousand years from now sending you know some troops Mm -hmm. to fuck with you you can sleep at night knowing that that is never going to happen. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. If Space Traders sounds fantastical or fictional, that is what Space Traders is about is happening in America Mm -hmm. right now. Mississippi Mm -hmm. has the highest percentage of COVID deaths per capita Mm-hmm. Of any government in the world right now, it is number two. I guess Peru is number one, mm-hmm. right? And the governor of Mississippi was on CNN the other day talking about it. The only reason why that man was even given an interview is because black people are dying in Mississippi. And black pe- and, and, and he, can, he can politically afford for black people to die in mass. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because white people don't care if black people die. That's simplistic. Mm. Black people will vote for a governor who presided over their death, just like we voted for Joe Biden, who is now presiding mm. over our death, right? Like, and so that sort of um, political capture, right? Like, I'm just thinking about how one of the terms that Democratic strategists use to describe the, the reality that black people will vote for Democrats, even if those Democrats are unpopular, they call it capture. Mm. It's called electoral capture, right? And it's when mm. you can expect people to turn out at the polls, regardless, mm. regardless of what the platform is. For you know, black women in America, right? Political strategists often will say this, right? Are the most politically captured group because the platform of their party will never deliver anything of use. At the same time, they are also going to be the most culpable and responsible for the disaster that's likely to proceed mm. no matter who's elected, right? They're, they're going to be the most responsible for care and cleanup, right? So right. They're, they're, they're more likely to vote, right? And so mm. just, thinking, just thinking about that word capture, um, it's, it's unremarkable and it's also... Um, Like it's 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 it is it is earthly in the present too, 
you know, whether you're talking mm. about electoral capture, whether you're talking about prisons, um, whether you're talking about COVID and, and what black death is right now. Um, I mean, TBH, right? I think a lot of black Americans are not. <laughs> black people are always dying. And so mm-hmm. for more black people to be dying than any other group, again, that is not remarkable. It's remarkable if you want to write an op-ed. It's remarkable mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, get one over on the Republican Southern governor, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but it's actually unremarkable. You don't actually care about those dead people. You don't care about those dead black people. They're only, mm-hmm. it's only remarkable when there's a utility, Right. It's it's only remarkable when there's something to be gained. There's something to be gained about talking about dead black people in Mississippi because Democrats want to control Mississippi. Mm. <laughs> but there's nothing to be gained from like, I mean, you know, my family's from Detroit. Um, there's nothing to be gained to talk about the Delta variant in Detroit because Democrats have run Detroit for 40 years and it's, it's an, it's a captured place, which means that those black people will never vote for Republicans, no matter how bad things are, they'll never not vote. Um, so yeah, like, um, it's just crazy how, I mean, again, right. That's why I think like it actually, that's why I fuck with talking about the planetary because I, I think it, can help sometimes put into relief mm-hmm. what is happening here that we actually yeah. can't register as catastrophic or unconscionable just because we are earthlings. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm even just thinking about what you were saying about, like, you know, um, how black people are left to, um, I guess, elect people who will preside over their their death, right? Not because like that particular elected person or party um, will bring about that fate for them, but because that is their always an eternal fate, and it's now about who you want mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. act on that um, behalf. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, like, again, takes me back to the planetary, right? Where it's like, if we do have this understanding of anti-blackness being paradigmatic, um, like, before we go to your birth chart, we have that knowledge. Then we take a look and say, okay, but you're a Leo rising. So the sun is acting on that behalf in this capacity and the moon in that one, and you know. Um, but that, at the end of the day, being the basis, um, and so even thinking about like, you know, um, yeah, like these are the, 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 the birth charts, the natal charts of captured individuals. And so why would the birth chart be the place of escaping that capture? Um, I, I love that, that thinking about, um, especially right, because, because there is a tendency or because there's a possibility of turning to astrology for escapism, just like there's a possibility of turning to anything to escape mm-hmm. the kind of structural relations that you are intertwined, that you're entangled in. To think mm-hmm. of your chart, that's such an interesting thing to me. Like to think of your chart as 
as a as a as a capture and not just in the sense of like well i'm thinking about it in the sense of like a snapshot where it's like you know it's like an imprint like a moment in time right Mm -hmm. um but that that's that snapshot it's not it's it's a that i like it because and maybe that's also why i fuck with astrology more broadly is because it's like Mm -hmm. it 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 posits that the conditions the condition of the world however big you want to think of the world right whether it's your local government or the cosmos the condition of the world when you are born mm-hmm. imprints you right right and mm-hmm. you know in other realms that wouldn't be uh controversial or taboo right like if you're born in a place that doesn't have running water, if you're born in a place, if you're born in fucking Gaza, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that the conditions of the world that you are born into will leave an imprint that will structure your life, right? Like that doesn't sound crazy. Um, And Mm -hmm. even in the U.S., right, even in a place where folks are rewarded and incentivized to be race blind, to to refuse structural analysis, even here, there's Mm -hmm. still an understanding that, well, yeah, of course, I have a lot of cavities because I grew up in a food desert. Right. Or, of course. uh, So Mm -hmm. so to think of it on just a cosmic scale. Doesn't seem that hard to me, right? Like, yeah, of, of course, right. you know, it's like, um, but, but, you know, maybe that's because the power to, maybe that's because the power to influence life that we cede to things like government, mm. um, we just have a harder time of <laughs> ceding to yeah. the planet's. Um, but it's interesting because then I'm just thinking about what we were saying earlier of how, like, for some people, it's actually much easier to think of the planets as authorities than like some black person who wrote something. Um, Mm. but, but no, I, I really like that idea of it being this, this, this capture. Um, yeah. And it's also very interesting. I didn't realize until like I heard it coming out of your mouth, but like, to be speaking about capture constantly in our conversation about blackness and now blackness and astrology, and then thinking about what I was telling you um, leading up to this conversation, this idea of like Saturn ruling black folks and Saturn being this planet of limitation, restriction, borders, boundaries, capture, and having its, you know, joy um, in the 12th house, the 12th house being all about isolation and institutions um, and solitude. Um, So, I don't know, like, just this idea of this planet that locates itself in the 12th house of, like, constantly being institutionalized, constantly being, in some way, um, in exile, you know, the 12th house also was exile. Um, and that's kind of being like, oh, that's my shit. And like, I also rule these people, <laughs> you know, who are constantly themselves um, shipped into whichever institutions um, and forced to operate within its borders and boundaries and restrictions and limitations. So 
Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's interesting because, like, I hadn't thought about that, but, and I'd always, like, kind of, um, you know, thought of the idea of Shadow Moon and Black people as, like, a very credible charm. But mm-hmm. this reaffirmation is very interesting and Saturn's relationship to capture. And what's also interesting about it being particularly Saturn is that, you know, Saturn is a malefic planet. You know, in astrology, there are planets that are seen as malefic and benefic. And of those, Saturn is a malefic planet. Mm-hmm. So thinking about what it means for um, black folks to be ruled by this malefic that is seen as always and only bringing in challenge, restriction, regimen. Mm, um, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely. really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. You know, especially, especially cause like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about like the more like, um, the less psychoanalytic mm. tradition, more so thinking about like, um like well i'm really thinking about like heidegger and like black heideggerians like calvin warren who are like Mm. anti-blackness is not just about economic benefit it's not just about psychic benefit it's about ontological benefit it's about you know their argument being that what black people have come to mean is mm-hmm. something that has to be expressed period mm-hmm. and if it wasn't yeah. us it would be something else right so mm-hmm. if if black people have been endowed invested molded if if put it like this like if i'm a nigger because it's easier to it's easier for me to be a nigger than it is for you to accept that one day you will die mm. or to accept that you know um in the absence of a monarchy in the absence of a religious order you have no purpose mm-hmm. right like so basically right like if what black people embody is a tangled mess of existential anxiety that human Mm. beings had to do something with in order to create this world that we're all living in right so if in order Mm. for modernity as we know it to 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 build itself these human beings had to basically take a bunch of shit and put it in the closet so that they could focus and were that mm. shit right. then like <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like the reason I fuck with like the, the something the reason I'm bringing this up is because Heideggerians people talking about ontology <laughs> they acknowledge they're like yeah slavery was a tear you know using Dion Brand's language slavery was a tear in the world it blew up timelines mm. inverted shit People became things. Things became people, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But they go a step further to say, look, what you see during chattel slavery and its afterlives is the creation of 
a genus, the creation of a kind of human, the the creation of a living being that is not mm-hmm. living or the creation mm-hmm. of a living being that is not human. But basically, mm-hmm. the creation of something mm-hmm. whose you, the purpose of this thing is to basically mm-hmm. be a reservoir, right? Mm-hmm. For the things that we can't think, right? The things that we cannot bear to experience, mm-hmm. we will meet these out on them and they'll also come to stand mm-hmm. in for them, right? So it's, it, yeah. it's, it's the reason why, it's the reason why a black person being murdered is unremarkable. But if you're not black mm-hmm. and you're walking down the street, you're afraid of that black person. Why would you be afraid mm-hmm. of someone? Why would you be afraid of someone whose whose death is unremarkable, right? Right. Right? Like because they you know, black people are this we're this confounded locus where we mm-hmm. are to be feared and we're completely not to be feared, right? We mm-hmm. are hyper alive such that you stay up at night thinking about how we're gonna rape and rob you and we're so dead that, you know, mm-hmm. we die in droves and you eat a sandwich um and so 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 to to connect this to saturn or to try to like if like it it isn't hard for me to think about saturn controlling it's i think easy for me to think of one planet exerting Mm -hmm that influence only because mm-hmm. I think that kind mm-hmm. of singularity is is mm-hmm. actually what produces blackness, right? Like, right. like slavery happened because a bunch of people at the same time got the same idea and did the same thing. Like, it, <laughs> it wasn't an amalgamation. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, there was a need. Mm-hmm. There was a need and the need was met. Um, mm-hmm. And like, Something about that just feels very like um, timeless in a way, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, like, like, I feel like ever since primordial human beings were thinking Mm -hmm. in relation to each other, Mm -hmm. there were some anxieties around what I don't know, but like, like that doesn't like hardship, right? Like niggas have always had hardships. I'm trying to say, right? Right? Like whether you were trying to, you know, <laughs> fucking spear a fucking um, what's the big things that they used to, you know, they used to look like elephants, but they had tusks, like big tusks. Mm. Woolly mammoth. Whether you was chasing woolly mammoths, <laughs> okay. Whether you was, you know, escaping the niggas during the crusades, like there mm. has been no shortage of. Hardship. I mean, even just thinking about like evolutionarily, like in many ways, humans are um, mm. remarkable in that they have survived and adapted to the changes that they've experienced. Mm. Um, so yeah, like that 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 the idea that like hardships, challenges, yeah, the idea that that is a mainstay of like this planet. Mm doesn't seem yeah. you know that doesn't seem crazy to me i feel like that's a very historical right. observation and so the fact that Absolutely. you know the fact that people on this planet could evolve lol evolve mm-hmm. to a point where they're able to streamline a lot of this just by like 
making mm. niggas niggas. Right. You know, like, yeah, that, that, which isn't yeah. to say even necessarily that I'm like, oh yeah, like Saturn, Saturn, tell me what to do. But like, I guess I'm just like trying to like give credence to the idea that like, um, yeah, like it, it, it if someone's weirded out by the idea that like one planet could have, you know, that the alignment of one planet, the position of one planet could have some inordinate influence in your life. I'm like, well, it's actually not far fetched at all. Mm. <laughs> it's truly not. I'm screaming. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's so interesting just to like talk through these things and even think about, it's like moments like this when I wish like, you know, I was not the only astrologer in the conversation because there are folks who study just Saturn, you know, um, mm -hmm. and like could bring so much more depth. But from the little I know, um, what's also interesting about um, what these planets rule is it's like because Saturn has a relationship to um, Restriction, limitation, hardship. Saturn has a relationship to hard work because Saturn has a relationship to boundaries and borders. Saturn also has a relationship to being bound, you know, um, and so to the opposite of freedom um, and so to slaveness. So it's like, that's why I'm kind of like, damn, I really would love to figure out the origins of um, this relationship between black people and uh, Saturn, because I'm wondering if this is yet another case of folks saying, like, you know, earlier when I was saying, like, people will bring up folks, uh, blackness being related to slaveness, and then we'll try to escape it, and then we'll return to it, you know, in ways. So um, that's kind of, like, what I'm seeing here. And even thinking about this planet that supposedly rules black folks, having its joy in the 12th house, and the 12th is, like, this pre-logical space, right? Um, and so much of like what it means to navigate this world as a black person is to have like things happen to you and upon you that like have this pre-logical basis, you know? Um, yeah, so there's just like so, like, I can't even like draw out all the little bits. But it's like, the more you talk, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, this sounds like Saturn at work, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what's well, also interesting, and this might be a conversation for another day, and I'm also not too certain of it, but, like, is this idea of, like, um, white people being ruled by Mars or by the moon because the moon rules, like, pale things. Um, but I don't really see, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I guess, like, one could say that, like, the moon and how quickly it travels around the zodiac, there's, like, this, like, freedom from restriction, right? There's, like, this mobility that perhaps could describe non-blackness, but I also find it interesting in thinking about, like, Saturn as ruling black people and so ruling those who are non-human, right? And it's like the fact or the idea that this state or this, um, what I'm trying to say is like just this idea that being non-human is also what gives credence to humanity, right? Um, and so 
the non-human creates the borders or the bounds for the human, you know? So that once again has me thinking about Saturn. Um, so yeah, just thinking about blackness as literally the demarcation of the border of the human. Um, and that being an inherently Saturnian thing. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Abolitionish. We're really excited uh, to celebrate two years of the podcast this month. Thank you for your support, all your love, all your monthly donations. They've meant a lot and they've allowed this work to happen. So we really appreciate you. We're super excited uh, to see what comes um, in the second part of this season um, and in the new year. Uh, So we appreciate you. We're excited to build and um, we'll see you on the other side of something better.